welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Well, hello, Thriver, and welcome to the season two finale. And I'm going out with a bang. I have a powerful word for you today that's really going to give you a boost in your faith. And the title of this sermon is Two Powerful, Simple Words, But God. But first, I want to express my deepest gratitude and appreciation to you for listening. I do this for you. I do this as a way to minister and to encourage you, my friend, another way of fulfilling the great commission of sharing the gospel with others and bringing encouragement and pointing others to Christ. Now, at the time of this recording, Real People, Real Talk still ranks in the top 1% of podcasts globally, according to ListenNotes.com. So check out these stats. We have listeners in 1,400 cities worldwide. We have listeners in 49 out of the 50 states um, still waiting on Vermont. So if any of you know somebody that lives in Vermont, please be sure to share this podcast with them. And also at the time of this recording, we have listeners in 75 countries around the world. And to God be all of that glory. Now, as we conclude this year, as we conclude this season, I do ask that you consider a one time donation to our podcast ministry. Or even consider, preferably consider, becoming a monthly supporter. You could do $5 a month. You could do $20 a month, etc. Whatever amount fits your budget because every dollar counts. If you want to do a one-time donation, you can use our ministry cash app, which is the dollar sign Real People Real Talk. And I will leave our Patreon link in the show notes for those of you that may desire to become a monthly supporter. It literally takes minutes to set up. So, yeah, if this podcast ministry has been a blessing to you or it has been a source of encouragement and inspiration, we ask that you consider giving. I have a couple of ideas in mind. I want to just take this show to the next level with some more advertisements and researching and different things and would love to have your support. But a major shout out to all of my family, my friends, patrons and listeners and all those that have made donations this year. You are appreciated. All right. Without any further ado, let's get to the sermon. The title of this message is But God. And we're going to be talking about the story of Lazarus. And his name literally means that God has helped. I want you to remember that because you're going to see that fulfilled throughout this pericope of Scripture. I'll give you a little context before I give you the content. This is the seventh miracle recorded in the book of John. He turns water into wine. He heals the nobleman's son. He heals a lame man. He feeds the 5,000 plus. He walks on ward. He heals the blind man. And now he saves the best for last as he raises Lazarus from the dead. His first miracle was at a wedding and his last miracle was at a funeral. The most joyful occasion being a wedding and the most sorrowful occasion being a funeral. This shows us that God is with us in everything that we go through, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He is omnipresent. He is always there. He is, according to Psalms 46 and 1, a very present help in a time of need. I just want to remind you of that, Thriver. Now, throughout the Bible, we see many times how a situation will look dark. 
and God's people will look like, you know, they were defeated. And then we will encounter a phrase such as, but God, and God would turn the situation around drastically. Now, whenever you see a, but God, and when I refer to a, but God, it indicates that something is about to change in the present set of circumstances. Now let's go to God's word. John chapter 11 verses one through three. We'll start there. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now this passage of scripture shows us that even though God loves us, even though God loves you, you're not exempt from pain. We're not exempt from trials and, and troubles. But one thing I know for sure is this, that a God can heal every pain and God can bring you out of every trial and trouble with his almighty hand. Picking up at verse four. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of man may be glorified. Oh, I feel like preaching right here. Whatever you are going through, my friend, whatever trial or present set of circumstances or heartache you may be feeling right now, whatever you're going through, it may not feel good. It may not look good. It may not even seem good, but I can guarantee you that those that have called on the name of Jesus and placed their faith in him is working out for your good because we serve a God that is good. Whatever you're going through right now, God can turn it around to bring out good for you and to bring glory for him. Jesus responded and said that what's going on with Lazarus is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. So we should feel proud because we have been chosen as an instrument to bring God glory. What you're going through right now, my friend, is temporary. This too shall pass. I want you to look at your present set of circumstances. Look at that mountain that may be in your life right now. It could be a strained relationship. It could be money issues and just a lot of debt, or it could be, you know, some health issues. I want you to look at whatever's going on in your life right now and say in faith and with confidence in God that this too shall pass. Your problems may feel like they're bringing you down, but in the grand scheme of things, they're actually taking you higher, taking your faith in God to a higher level. I want you to look at your problem. I want you to look at your issues, look at your current situation and say, somehow, some way, God is going to get the glory and he's going to bring me out of this. I want you to say amen in your heart if you believe that. Now, consider this, my friend, your problem is merely an occasion and an opportunity and a stage for God to work on your behalf. It's an opportunity for God to flex his God muscles. Amen. The passage goes on to tell us that Jesus stays right where he was for two more days. Two more days. That's just a reminder that God is never late. He's never early either. All right. God has his own timetable. And a lot of times we want God to to work as soon as we, you know, pray and reach out. But God 
timing is perfect. We have to trust his timing. We have to trust his will. We have to trust his plan. I just want to encourage you today, my friend, to trust God again. Know that his way and his infinite love and his infinite wisdom always has your best interest at heart. Know this, that God always does the very best things in the very best ways at the very best times and for the very best purposes. We just have to trust him. We got to remember that time is no barrier to God's hand moving on your behalf. So no matter what time of the year that you are listening, listening to this, it's not too late for God to move and intervene on your behalf. I don't know. Maybe you're in day one dying or day two or three. I don't know, but I know this at day four is coming and it's on the fourth day where Jesus shows up. You may say, what's so significant about the fourth day? Well, I'm glad you asked my friend in those days in that time in that culture, they had a superstition that the soul will linger around the body for three days. And within those three days, a person could, you know, maybe come back to life. So Jesus let those days pass by. So when the miracle happens, when the resurrection happened, they will say nobody, but God, you may feel like you're drowning. You may feel like you're sinking. You may feel like you're failing, but God is letting you get just low enough that when he brings you up, when he brings you out, he will be the only one that's going to get that glory. Well, you look at your situation, say, and even others on the outside, when they look at what God is going to do for you, they will say nobody but God. It's not your charisma. It's not your connections. It's not your network, but it's the almighty hand of God. We just have to have faith. Now, this delay also ensured that Lazarus had been dead long enough so therefore, no one will misinterpret this miracle as a fraud or just say it was a resuscitation, but it was indeed a resurrection. Now, in medical science, you know, we can immediately resuscitate a person. I'm pretty sure you've seen some medical shows where they can resuscitate somebody and bring them back to life. But nobody can go back four days and bring somebody from the dead. So look at the significance of this miracle. So I just want to say this to you. It may feel like God is late. It may feel like Mother Nature has run her course. You may feel like the doctor has given the final say. Maybe your marriage is heading to the divorce court. I don't know. Maybe you think you're too old. You think your time and your season has passed. Maybe there's some debt that you just feel like is about to collapse on you. But whatever you're going through right now, as you put your faith in him and as you follow him, it's simply a setup for God to deliver you in such a way that you have no choice but to say nobody but God. And it's going to work out for your ultimate good and to bring him glory. Back to the scripture, verse 11. And after saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awake him. Jesus is saying, I'm going to wake him up. And with this podcast and with this sermon, my goal is to wake you up. My goal is to stir up your faith. My goal is to double dog dare you to believe and trust God again. Skipping down to verse 21. And I also would encourage you to read the entire chapter, John 11. It's a beautiful passage of scripture that really breaks down this miracle. Martha said to Jesus, 
Lord, if you've been here, my brother would not have died. And you may have that same attitude and that same heart posture of Martha, where you said, Lord, if you would have been here, I would have graduated by now. Lord, if you've been here, I would have had that job by now. Lord, if you've been here, I would have been healed by now. And Martha goes on to say, but even now, I know whatever you ask from God, God will give it to you. I want to encourage you to have some even now faith, even in the midst of your trials, your troubles and your tribulations to have even now faith, knowing that God can show up and show out at any time. It's not a matter of can God, but it's a matter of when he would do it. And if it's according to his will, Martha said to him, I know that, you know, he go, he's going to rise again in the, in the resurrection on the last day. She didn't know who she was talking to, y'all. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She had faith and she expected that God would raise Lazarus at the end. You know, they believed in a body resurrection. And Jesus was like, nah, I can handle this right now. <laughs> In other words, well, God, God can do what he needs to do sooner than you think. Verse 27, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who coming into this world. And that should be our response to whatever comes our way. The response of faith. Yes, this may have happened, but Lord, I believe. Yes, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I should be. There's some some things that, that I want. There's some things that need to happen in my life, but I believe. Friend, don't throw in the towel. I want to encourage you to keep the faith. God is trustworthy. God is sovereign. God is perfect. We just got to trust him. Skipping on to verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and he was greatly troubled. And I believe that he was troubled at their unbelief. I mean, this is Jesus's seventh miracle. And yet they still were doubting and weeping. Verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And you may be asking, why did Jesus weep? I don't think Jesus wept because he was sad because he knew that he was going to raise him from the dead. I believe, and I want you to consider this, maybe Jesus wept because he didn't want Mary to have to cry alone. God sees your tears and he hears your cries and he is at work on your behalf. You just have to keep the faith and keep hope alive and don't stop believing. Verse 39, Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, Martha, the sister of the dead man said, Lord, by this time, there will be an odor for he has been dead for 40 days. And I brought up the stone because the stone represents hopelessness. It represents defeat. The Lord was trying to get them to pick their faith back up. Now, rolling the stone away was not only an act of obedience, but it was also an expression of working their faith. I don't know. What if they didn't roll the stone away? 
this is a hypothesis, a conjecture at best. If they did not roll the stone away, I'm not sure if Lazarus would have been resurrected. I mean, Jesus could have rolled the stone away, but I really believe this, that God isn't going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. In this life, we are partners with God. God has a part and we have a part. God will not do our part and we cannot do his part. We are partners with God and faith without works is dead. Going back to the latter part of verse 39, they said, Lord, by this time, he stinks. Listen, we serve a God that works in stinky situations. <laughs> we serve a God that works in messy circumstances. Some messy things getting over death or divorce or addictions. And the list goes on. God can work even in those situations, the stinky things, the messy things. Just got to give it over to God and trust him. Verse 40. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? I dare you to trust God again. I dare you to believe God again. It's not too late. Your time has not passed. I dare you to hope in God again. I dare you to dream again, to imagine again. Verse 41. So they rolled away the stone and Jesus lifted up his voice and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he's cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I love that phrase of loose him and let him go. Now, as I was studying this passage and I have preached this passage before and when I first preached it, you know, I kind of thought that Jesus was talking to the clothes, you know, because Jesus can't talk to an inanimate object and, you know, make it do what it do. But Jesus was talking to the people, telling them to loose him and let him go. And I say that to say this, that the same people that wrapped up Lazarus, the same people that saw him die were the same people that saw him resurrected. The same people that had to loose him and let him go. In other words, there may be some people in your life, they seen you going down, but they about to see you come up because you kept believing in God. Verse 45, many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. Uh-oh, there you go right there. Because of Lazarus' death, because of Lazarus' resurrection, we see here in verse 45 that people believed in Jesus. Once again, what you're going through is an opportunity for God to get the glory. It's a stage for God to show up and show out in your life to bring others to him. Friends, there is a purpose for your pain. There is a purpose for what you're going through. And God in his infinite love and in his infinite sovereignty can work it all out 
to bring you good, but also to bring God glory. People came to faith in Jesus. People were saved as a result of Lazarus suffering. I just want to encourage you to trust his plan. Even when you don't like his path, let a preach right there. I want to encourage you to keep the faith. Even when you can't feel him moving, even when you can't figure him out. And I want you to trust his word. Even when you don't understand or agree with his will, trust, trust, trust. What a miracle that God raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, referring back to the phrase, but God, we see what God butted into this situation and turned it around. Whenever you see the word, but the conjunction, but you realize or you are made aware that something is about to change, that whatever was was preceding the conjunction, but differs from what comes after the conjunction. But in the words, there's a turnaround moment that God can do at any time. Now, I just want to give you some of my favorite but God scriptures to encourage you and to boost your faith. Psalms 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Psalms 73 and 26. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Matthew 19, 26. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And last but not least, Romans 5, 7, and 8. For scarcely a righteous man would die. Yet a peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us that while we was yet sinners, Christ died for us. God has an impeccable resume. He has an outstanding record of bringing his people out and butting in. Daniel was in the lion's den, but God showed up and delivered him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in the fiery furnace, but Jesus showed up in the fire with them and delivered them. You can go all throughout scripture and see time and time again where the situation looked dire, but the people of God kept their faith in God and he delivered. I just want to remind you that we serve an awesome God. I just want to remind you that we serve and on time, God, we serve a God that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, and that power is our faith. And I'll leave you with this: there is no situation beyond the Lord's reach. If He did it for Lazarus, He'll do it for you. But only believe. Don't give up on God. Read his resume, the Bible. Okay. It's an outstanding history of butting in and turning things around. So keep your faith in a faithful God because you never know when he's going to butt in. But God. 
All right. That's going to do it for season two. Real People, Real Talk will return for season three next month, January 12th, to be particular. I'm going to use this break to rest, um, to really seek the Lord about season three, as my goal is to bring you the very best content that would take you from surviving to thriving, my friend. So thank you so much for listening and be sure to share this episode with somebody that you want to see uplifted and encouraged. And last but not least, Merry Christmas. Now go be all that God has called you to be.